Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, everyone. I'm here to talk about a movie that I've been very excited to see for a good while. And this is the movie that some say made the Oscars cool again. One of the most interesting and uh, subversive movies to have been released in the past couple of years. I'm, of course, talking about Bong Joon-ho's masterpiece, Parasite. Uh, or... <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt the uh, the actual South Korean title. I don't even want to try. Just kidding, we're going to try. Jusayin Chung? It's definitely not that. I should have looked it up before and then pronounced it perfectly so I can be like, I'm also fluent in South Korean. You can get the South Korean version of, uh, of my podcast. Anyway, um, this movie is crazy. Like, the, the amount of... Uh, buzz it generated and the excitement that people had once it was you know nominated and subsequently won best picture and uh just the the hype surrounding it made it feel really exciting and really um really interesting it was something that i was definitely intrigued about and wanted to check out but uh even after hearing everything like oh it's one of the best and actually deserved winning best picture which you would think usually happens but it actually doesn't happen as much as you think um i was i was totally down but i don't have hulu and it's on hulu and uh and so i didn't really have much hope of watching it but as i teased in a recent episode i just went to savannah georgia and the airbnb that we rented had hulu included so sat down and I was like, I don't care what you guys want to watch. I'm watching Parasite. You can go to sleep if you want. But this is what's happening. And actually, it was really cool. My cousin and my dad watched it with me. And we all really liked it, which is good. Because it's good. Uh, I watched some other movies on this trip. Definitely not worth talking about. Not even, honestly, can't even remember the name of either of them, if I'm being honest with you. But I definitely remember this one. Uh, the trip was awesome, by the way. It's something I was excited to talk about because... Back when I was taking trips more often, I would talk about them a lot, uh, whether it be Pittsburgh, Boston, New York, um, a couple of times that I just took a day trip down to Philly. Uh, I feel like there's another big one. Oh, was, did I talk about Toronto? I don't remember, but I definitely, you know, went semi-recently. I don't remember if I was doing the show yet or not, but I it was something that was really a highlight for me to talk about, and it was something that I that used to be a little bit more ingrained in the DNA of the show. It was kind of the more element. I mean, I would say, like, oh, sometimes I'll talk about video games and comics and TV shows. Well, the TV shows is kind of true, so I guess that classifies, but, like, I don't ever talk about comics anymore. Oh, that's not even true. I just talked about Watchmen. I definitely don't talk about video games. That's that's for sure. I never really did. But, but I used to talk about traveling a lot, which is another one of my passions and something that I, I really enjoy. So I'm glad to be able to kind of come back to that because uh, before before this was supposed to be my uh, Chicago trip that was supposed to be what I was that was going to be my next big trip that I would cover on the show and uh, and we actually were supposed to be there right now and even before then I was supposed to go to SneakerCon which was oh shoot March I think I think that was originally in March uh, that got that got postponed and then postponed again because of uh, because of Corona and uh, and then yeah here supposed to be in Chicago right now but just not a great time to go. So, yeah, it was uh, it was cool to go down to to Georgia. It's my second time there. Uh, I would really love to go again. I went to Atlanta the first time, and maybe next time we could go to like 
Athens or something like that. I think that would be really cool. But yeah, it's a it's an amazing state. It's hot, which isn't my preferred weather, but I can definitely tolerate it. I've I've grown to to appreciate it a lot more now. One that I'm a little bit older than I did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, whew, dude, get out of here. I definitely would have been, would not have been able to tolerate that. And and this is the beginning of the summer. I can't even imagine what it's like in like July and August, but. Uh, it was really, really nice. The The weather was very pretty when it wasn't raining, unfortunately. There was a lot of rain while we were down there, but it was very pretty. And uh, and yeah, just a cool place to spend time. There's really interesting architecture, and the houses are really pretty, and the sidewalks are, are cobblestone a lot of the time. And then going into some of the old churches and seeing the monuments and stuff, really ornately designed, very beautiful. Uh, stuff that just, you know, very impressive to look at. And... Um, had fun down shopping like along the water uh, everything was open down there and most of the places you didn't even have to wear a mask so we got to go into a lot of uh, stores like just little boutiques and, and candy stores and restaurants and stuff but then also got to go shopping which makes me sound super vain but it's the first time I've been able to do so in a while and I have a deep and sometimes financially irresponsible love of shopping. I, I really, really enjoy it, and it's something that I share with my friends, but haven't been able to do that in a while, so it was cool to, to go with my cousin and to, to get some new stuff, and, and I was really appreciative of that, of that experience, so that was cool, and uh, and then, like I said, yeah, very beautiful. The beach was really nice. It was fun to go back. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of sand, so the beach isn't always my preferred vacation spot, but getting to... Uh, getting to play in the water and stuff and and like ride some waves and uh, and just like chill out really fun and and really an enjoyable experience I haven't had in a really long time so yeah I was really appreciative and excited to to go on the trip and uh, I really really grateful that we were able to so yeah hopefully I'll get to go back to to Georgia a couple more times in the coming years and and yeah I'm I'm definitely grateful that I got to you this time. But anyway, uh, while I was down there, I did watch Parasite. So that's what we're here to talk about, technically. You didn't click on the wrong episode, so let's get into that. Because, wow, is there a lot to talk about with this movie. Uh, Like I said, made the Oscars cool again. Genuinely a fantastic movie. And uh, and let's just just get into it. I don't even really know where to start, but I think... I think I'd start with saying that this movie is sort of made for me, which sounds weird but hear me out um i'm a big fan of things that that start that are set up and pay off i know i know i say this in practically every episode but you guys storytelling symmetry is one of my favorite things ever in a movie i adore when a story has something set up in the first act that pays off in the third and i think that this movie is ripe with those kind of moments i um i like, I can't even, there's so many, there's so many things that start, that, you know, that are either juxtaposed with one another or things that are, that are symbolic of certain aspects of these people's lives that are paralleled uh, in, like, the rich version and the poor version, and there's stuff that, that comes into play in the very beginning offhandedly that comes back around by the end, and I think it's very interesting that you kind of have to design a movie with a lot of symbolism because you have to have things that are visually there to transcend language because you have, for a lot of your viewers, you have to understand that a lot of them aren't going to, uh, 
are going to be understanding the language if it's premiering internationally. So you have to be able to tell the story visually, which is another one of the things that I absolutely adore about this movie and that I adore about movies and, and comics and, and TV shows that I've said multiple times. Their ability to, con- to convey a movie, like the, to convey the story that they're telling visually is something that I think sets them apart from other mediums. So using the visuals to tell the story without words all the time, really, really great and really unique and something that I really appreciated because I don't really watch a lot of foreign films and I don't feel like many get the same amount of buzz that this one did. And I think a big part of the reason it caught on and resonated with so many people, including myself, is because of its use of symbols and its very clever way of telling a story through purely visuals that allow you to grasp it even if you don't understand the language. And so I really appreciated that. I think some of my favorites were were the the stone, um, the the use of Native Americans as uh, a symbol, as like a fantasy, because you know the uh, like that's one of the most persecuted and like um, absolutely just just horrible things have been done to to those people to to. Um, that culture and that race throughout the history of of America and um, and it's just something that they see as fun and playful and something that they obsess over and don't realize the con- the context and the very bloody history that you know permeates that culture and I think that was that was very interesting and the comment that that's making is is very uh, very subversive and I thought very thought provoking. I also, along the same lines, I think it was very interesting that they have, he chooses to camp out uh, at night in the rain, even though it's uh, it's something that devastates the parks. Like, he's choosing to, or, right? Oh, shoot. I hope I didn't get that wrong. The parks? No, the, the okay. The Kims are the the poor, and then, yeah, the Parks are the wealthy. Okay, so the little boy, the Parks little boy, is choosing to go out and put his home under the under the water and to let it get flooded and, uh, and very, like, overtaken by this water, but it's he's still protected because it was made in America and it's high quality or whatever, so even if he gets wet, it's not a huge deal, and it's not like it's going to devastate his, his night, whereas we cut to the, to the Kims who are losing everything because of this flood, this water, which is something that's playful and just a unique experience for this little kid is something that is completely just throwing their lives upside down and it's it's horrible for them. And we get to see that juxtaposition and it's very, very clever and very impactful. Like the the visuals in those moments are are really intense. And then um um the the table when the when the the Kims are underneath the the Parks table and the Parks are talk, talking about how they truly feel about you know poor people and that visual divider between the the lower class and the upper class and how they have such little space compared to the, you know they're just jammed under this table whereas the uh, the the Parks have this entire living room this whole lavish couch and whatever all of that very very visually impactful, very well done, very well framed. Um, the the use of windows to convey status, uh, the partial basement, 
has a small window that's very purposely the first image you see whereas you know so they're kind of mid-tier in the levels of of uh squalor whereas the poorest people that we meet in the movie who are living in the park sub basement um or like fallout shelter whatever that would be that is you know completely windowless there's no natural light coming in there at all and so they're the lowest of the low whereas the highest of the high have these amazing beautiful ornate windows you know their house is basically built out of glass crazy man the the just the visual cleverness that goes into to designing images like that is totally beyond me that was so so unique so clever and then um and and yeah even the way they use symbols like the the lights flickering um which is it doesn't even necessarily just work on the level of uh so there, it's kind of almost three levels so there's the the play on ghost movie tropes like a horror movie trope of the flickering lights and then there's also the morse code and then there's also the idea that he just assumes mr park just assumes that you know whenever he comes home it's a motion sensor that obviously these lights are going to do that without ever considering the hard work and the lower people below him that work to give him such a um such a privilege and then when it starts to act up and and like the morse code is what he doesn't know is morse code is is being uh, like broadcast he just assumes that oh it's it's damaged and so yeah it just like it works so well like those those three layers right there it's it's crazy that's so interesting and all that's just jammed into one image i do there's okay i know i know this might get me in trouble there is only one thing i really don't like about this movie there's only one i promise there's only one um i don't like the the use of the uh the blood versus the the sauce so there's like the very cheap sauce um that is like it's a very um poor thing to have right so the parks could have like sauce bottles and then those that sauce could be emptied into very ornate very minimalist um containers and then that's what they could use to be to like uh, put it on their food or whatever we never see this i'm just kind of extrapolating whereas the um the parks have to get very cheap packets and so you see um that at first they're they're trying to fold boxes and they don't they they're not even doing that quite right and so they're losing money because of all that and they're in this difficult situation and then eventually they can afford to eat at the restaurant they were once begging for a job at right and so you understand the power of them moving up in the in society to a certain extent and you realize that the what could have been their boss is not happy about that because she so angrily serves them their food and then you see this kind of delicacy for them what was once completely unattainable they've now tainted with something uh, of a lower status that they still enjoy right with the um uh what's his name um i think it's um oh shoot uh i don't know is it kiwu maybe yeah maybe kiwu i'm not totally sure um the but the the park's boy the the boy is he's um 
or no, not the Perks. Oh my God, the Kims. The Kims. He's listen. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. He's putting a little bit of sauce on the pizza, and then they use the sauce later as fake blood, right? So you're thinking, okay, in both instances, um, you're tainting, you're tainting something once perfect with, uh, with this like poor sauce, this poor poorer blood so it does kind of work in that they uh they use it as blood and then later and they're staining their food intentionally right with this to add flavor but then later they're staining the food that the parks have set out in this lavish display with actual blood and it's not just like a um something poor that they choose because it's the only thing that they can afford there you're literally staining food with delicacies with poor blood I, I don't know if i'm properly articulating this but i think it would have been so much more impactful if instead of being just bread if it would have been pizza because then you have it three layers again you have it um a something something poor something cheap being put on something that's a delicacy for for poorer people which would was is the pizza in the first instance, and then later you use that same thing as fake blood to uh, to kick out the housekeeper, and then later you it's actual blood staining delicacies, right? I really wish it would have been pizza instead of bread. If it's it's being bread, it, it still kind of works because it's like this perfect white thing, it's like it's perfect, it's clean, it's pristine, it's uh. It's a delicacy for them, and it's being stained by the blood of the poor. But I don't know. I just think it could have worked so much better if it was pizza, because that's such a strong image, it's such a striking thing, like putting that stark red on on the pizza. I don't know. I feel like I dwelled on this too long, but that's my only problem. I think if I could have explained it better, maybe we could have pared this down a little bit. But kind of working through it, and also clearly, I don't know the names of these characters very well, which isn't an indication on them being bad characters or not being memorable. Just you know. It's, I don't know. It's a little bit. That's kind of where the language barrier comes in. I'm not, I'm not great at remembering all these names or pronouncing them, to be honest. But, uh, but regardless, that's my only complaint. And uh, and I think it would have been stronger if it was if it went in a different direction. But regardless, I don't hate it. I just think it's something that could have been improved upon. Anyway, uh, to get back to all the amazing things about this movie, it's beautiful to look at. It's got great cinematography. It's got great lighting. It's very dynamic. <clears throat> excuse me uh especially once they get down to to the cellar to the um to like the farthest level below the house and we meet the housekeeper and or not we don't we meet the housekeeper earlier uh the housekeeper's husband excuse me and we see what his life is like the, the stark greens and the sickly looking tones of that very very striking uh very tense whenever we're down there uh, in in general, tension is very well generated in this movie. I love, you know, the when they're creeping around the house, when they're trying to get everything, you know, to look right, and they're they're trying to clean everything up quickly and make food quickly and and get all traces of what they were doing uh, out from view. When the phone rings, when the doorbell rings, and and we're like unraveling all these layers of this this um, like this farce that they've been living and stuff, all that very tense. And then when the 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 girl that that uh that the Kim's son has been tutoring, right? He you know, she texts him and then he's under the bed and so he has to silence that. Like, oh, it's awesome. 
really, really good stuff. The the way they generate tension and the way they escalate the stakes, especially in the sequence of everything from like after the doorbell rings to when they actually get everybody out of the house. Amazing. Really, really well done. Uh, it's not traditional horror, but it does it does definitely uh, make your nerve endings just go a little bit on edge. And then uh, speaking of which, the horror elements when it comes to the guy down in the basement and the way they use his eyes and the way they uh, they make the most out of like, he's got a really dynamic and, and kind of scary face and they use that very well. They can light him very well to make him look very intimidating and very scary. And I love um, how it you know, it, everything comes back around and we understand why the kids are scared of ghosts and what that was. Uh, man, it's amazing. It's really, really well done. Uh, I love a lot of the lines in this. They just hit you like a gut punch. Uh, they're just so subtle and the performances are so great that they can make this dialogue really sing. Um, the whole training, training the dad to give a good performance and try to like sell the idea of a lot of this stuff. Uh, and and trying to fit in with the persona that he's he's taking on, um, the whole nice because she's rich speech if like you can afford to be nice, that was really really good, um, yeah all that stuff is it's really really good the whole thing about like the best plan is no plan at all because then nothing can go wrong that was amazing and so somber just so depressing, um, yeah everything it's really 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 good. And I just love how they can use these things to, to transcend genre and and use like um, these symbols and the lighting and the performances to just, it's really, really great storytelling. Um, uh, da, 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 let's see. It's got a great ending. It definitely has a great ending. I love the, uh, the idea that he's going to go down and he's going to be the lowest of the low now. It's a little ridiculous, to be honest, uh, that, that he would stay there and they'd never find this basement. Uh, I do love the depressing uh, idea of him working every day to try to be able to buy that house and then to let him walk up the stairs and then we cut back to him writing the letter and we kind of know that's never going to happen. There's just It's an inescapable circumstance. And it seems like the perfect and most fitting ending to everything that they've been doing thus far. Uh, yeah, just everything. Firing on all cylinders. This movie is really, really good. I love how it, you know, breaks down wealth and class. Uh, there's so much else that I'd love to talk about, but in interest, in the interest of keeping this kind of short and manageable, I think I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. I think you understand everything that I've been, I've been talking about. The score is really great. Uh, in general, the filmmaking is just amazing. The amount of work that went into this, really, really, really impressive. Uh, I'm a big fan of High Top Films, and um, recently he released a video about The Amazing Spider-Man. This is his second of, of two videos. Well, yeah, obviously it's two videos, you freaking idiot. Anyway, um, this is his second video about that movie. And it's a movie that, upon rewatch, after loving it when it came out, uh, watching it more recently as I've grown older and more sophisticated in my taste in movies, I don't really like it, and I feel like a lot of it is just just not quite as good as it could be um this he you know he's got a way of making you really appreciate movies that even i'm not totally i don't totally love i can see them from a different perspective and understand more 
through his eyes why there you know there are uh, there are certainly still good aspects even if overall the movie isn't great one of the things that i never realized and i i learned through his video is the fact that um he he shows behind the scenes footage in his video of the set the sound stage of this like basically fully functional new york uh, this little mini slice of it that they use throughout the movie so that, you know, obviously it's very difficult to shut down parts of New York or L.A. or Chicago or whatever because they're very big business cities and it's just very difficult to get permits and everything to to film in, in certain areas because you have to shut everything down. And so in the effort to never have to worry about that, completely, completely negate that, uh, and just do whatever they wanted, they just built their own like section of New York and filmed a lot of the big moments in the movie there, which I was just so impressed by. The behind the scenes footage of this stuff is amazing. I can't even fathom the amount of work that went into making this set look as good as it did. And it's it's absolutely like mind blowing for someone who really loves movies and, and really hates the over reliance on green screen and on uh like the just special effects to do everything for for movies it really gave me a, pre a different appreciation for the movie, and at least for that aspect, I was really, really impressed. And that's something that I love about this movie, too, is it takes it back to more traditional filmmaking. It's not all green screens. It's actually a fully functional neighborhood that they built. You know, this neighborhood is it, its something that they built, and then they flooded, and then... You know, they use blue screen to fill it out and make it look more lifelike and, and see s appear to extend. And very similar to Amazing Spider-Man and that whole set. And the reason that I, I thought that that was all amazing is it just looks so real and everything's so perfectly calculated to look the way they want it to look and everything's intentional the way they put it there. And, you know, it has to be able to uh, have running water so that it can be flooded, and it just looks amazing and so real and fully realized, and I just have such respect for the amount of work that goes into doing something like that. And they built the, the house as well, the house that the parks live in, built that, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a set, that's amazing how, how good that stuff looks, and, uh, I don't know really if I needed to take the detour down, down the whole high top film spider-man lane but i do think it kind of ties in because i mentioned before how much i always cite the specific example the shot in spider-man far from home where uh where it's nick fury holding a gun and he's just sitting at a desk but the desk is cg the chair is cg the gun cg the eye patch cg you know the background is cg it's just like why why you couldn't just put a table in there and just like it's just so easy but you know it, i guess to some people it seems easier to do it all digitally and so i really appreciate that they took the time in both amazing spider-man uh and in this to to build just amazing sets and i would encourage you to to look up for both of those movies just like the amount of work that goes into designing something like that and just how good it looks even even when it's not in the finished movie it's really really amazing and uh and yeah i just have such respect for that kind of filmmaking it really really blows me away that's so so cool Whew, all right. Anyway, I am running a bit long here. This is a little longer than I wanted it to go, so I'm going to get out of here. But before I do, I'd just like to say that I'm very grateful that m my family is able to go uh, on trips like that. It was a lot of fun. I was had a good time with my cousin and my grandma and, and exploring a new place, and I'm very grateful that we have the means and that we 
uh, have a good relationship with with my family that we can we can do that. I'm very very appreciative of it, and I know not everyone can, and so I I feel very lucky and very blessed that I that I can. So yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. If you uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, well first for well hold your horses there. Um, you should probably leave it a review first, just so it can turn up in searches easier. Uh, and you can subscribe if you want to never miss an episode. Do all that right in app. It really helps out a lot, and I'd really appreciate it. If you want to get in contact with the show, uh, you can you can let those horses go. They can go gallop to gallop on over to Instagram, where they can follow me at Movies and More Pod for updates on when new episodes are posted, what the topics of discussion will be. They can follow me at Gvangeli one which is where I post pictures of, of trips like the one I just took, or shoes that I buy, and some song recommendations from time to time. Uh, you can find all that there. And then, if they want to email me, those those crazy horses, those darn wild stallions, they can do that at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. And if they want to visit me on the web, as the cool kids say, if they want to, if they want to check out my website, which is a, a landing page, for articles that I've written and uh, and places that you can contact me and places where you can listen to the podcast, they can do that at uh, at www.moviesandmorepod.com. So yeah, let those let those crazy horses you were just holding let them free, let them go do all that, and tell them that uh, thanks if they have and and if they're about to if they're galloping on their way, man, I appreciate it and thanks in advance. So yeah. Uh, before I get out of here, well, no, I already said that, um, that's all for me, but, but before I go, that's better, um, don't forget, there might be a a basement below your basement that you don't know about, and there's probably a freaky guy who your child thinks is a ghost who comes up and steals cake sometimes, and will probably murder your family. Okay, bye. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, can't, can't verify that, but you never know. You should probably get looking. Okay, bye. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know how many of you actually listened this far, but there's usually an outro after the, the theme music plays the second time. And, uh... I used to sing a lot more, so I was thinking about bringing that back, but, uh, I think that the, the Gemini Man episode I sing, but, um, but yeah, I used to do that all the time, but now more recently, the outros have been, like, weird jokes, or, like, outtakes from the episode or whatever, but in this case, I was thinking I might sing there you go, you get a little outtake there, too, um, Skeletons by Travis Scott, but, but then I was like, eh, maybe not. And then I was like, well, I could write my own rap about peach fuzz. But then I was like, that's a terrible idea. Like, I'd probably go horribly wrong. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, why were you listening to this? But also, that's, uh, they scratch the peach fuzz off, and that makes the housekeeper allergic. And, like, she has an, a reaction, and then they can, they trick the, the parks into, into thinking that she has TB, and they get her fired or whatever. But, um... But yeah, no, I don't think I'm actually going to do any of it now. I think this is probably about about good. Feels like slow motion, we're floating as speed. <laughs> There's a little taste of what you could have got. Oh my 